call this August 9th, 2022 school board regular meeting to order. Ms. Goodell, could you please take the roll? Yes, Dr. Dimmick. Here. Ms. Downs. Here. Dr. Gould. Here. Dr. Ortiz. Here. Mr. Reitinger. Here. Ms. Silverman. Here. And Ms. Tice. Here. Thank you. Thank you. If you could all join me in saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. I'm now seeking a motion to approve the agenda, adopt the agenda. Yes, Dr. Ortiz. I move to adopt the agenda as presented. May I have a second? Second. Thank you. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. And I'm now going to turn it over, section two, over to Dr. Noonan. Uh, we have a special guest this evening. Thank you, Chair Downs. Good evening, uh, members of the board, um, both online and in person. And for those of you at home, um, it is a pleasure to see all of you. We've had a, a month off and a month away, and I uh, hope you all got a little bit of rest and relaxation, and um, welcome back. Um, this evening, I, uh, I get the pleasure of doing um, one of the things that I think superintendents like doing the best, and that is introducing new school leadership um, to our system. Um, over the course of the last month and a half, um, through the really great work of uh, our Chief Academic Officer, William Bates, and Amy Hall, our Director of Human Resources, um, we have uh, gone through and completed a search, the search process for a new principal at Oak Street Elementary. And this evening, um, I have the privilege of welcoming and uh, introducing to you our proposed candidate for the new principalship at Oak Street Elementary, Ms. Kareem Daughtry. Um, so Kareem, I'm gonna ask you to come to the podium while I talk about you, and then I'm gonna give you a chance to uh, say a few words maybe after the board um, does their thing. But I, I do wanna um, spend just a few minutes um, talking about um, Ms. Daughtry, because um, one of the one of the great thrills I have, this is gonna sound so not nice, but one of the great thr thrills I have is when I call other systems to do reference checks and I hear, oh no, what are you doing? Um, that means that um, we've hit on someone excellent. And I had a chance to speak with the three references um, who were all former colleagues of mine um, in uh, the system, the big system next door. And all of them spoke incredibly high, highly about Ms. Daughtry. But let me tell you a little bit about, about Kareem, if I may. Um, Kareem has, uh, has, for the last nine years, served as a principal at Beech Tree Elementary School, um, not too, too far from here. Um, and during that period of time, um, Kareem did some really amazing things. And she's been at Beech Tree, Beech Tree for 16 years, prior to her nine years as principal, she served as the assistant principal there. Um, and, and that, to me, one, shows her incredible commitment um, and dedication and uh, her ability to stick to something that can be really hard. Because when I was in um, a different role in a different county, the same county that she's coming from, um, Beech Tree at the time was a struggling school. And um, over the course of time, through high quality leadership and instructional programming, um, thinking about how to meet the needs of a variety of students that are um, in her school through great communications with her community, collaboration with her teachers, 
working closely with the students. Um, Beach Tree Elementary now is seen as one of the top schools in the state. Um, her students in the abstract um, are, and SOLs are just one um, source of information, um, but she is one of those over 90% schools um, by each um, area of content and has done extraordinary work um, in instruction. Um, Kareem uh, comes to us also with quite a reputation of being an excellent communicator. Um, and I think it, when I talked with people about her uh, while we were doing our vetting process, um, the one thing I heard was that she is, and, and these were the words that were shared with me, the parent whisperer, um, that she is uh, able to build and establish uh, and maintain relationships with parents and community in ways that are just extraordinary um, and does the same thing with the staff as well. Um, and so I, I'm really excited to, um, to bring Kareem over as our new principal at Oak Street. Um, but before I turn it over to all of you, um, I also want to give you just a few little accolades that um, Kareem has uh, been a part of while in Fairfax County over the last um, just uh, five years. Um, she was the top rated principal by the Federation of Teachers in 2018. Um, she was nominated as FCCP, or FCPS, maybe you'll, maybe you'll be super, uh, Principal of the Year here sometime too, but uh, Kareem was nominated as the Principal of the Year or Outstanding Principal in 2017, 2018, 2019, 20, and 21. And that's um, a pretty incredible feat to be nominated by your peers that many years in a row to be the Principal of the Year. Um, and, and so we are, we're very excited to bring somebody in who comes in with such uh, an understanding of what leadership is from all levels, leadership of students, leadership of staff, leadership of the division, um, and leadership of the community. So um, with no further ado, um, I'd like to um, say thank you to Kareem Doherty for um, applying to uh, the City of Falls Church Schools, and Madam Chair, I'll turn it back to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Noonan. And again, Ms. Strawberry, welcome. We have a formal piece of this agenda right now, and um, we're at 2.01. If I could have a motion uh, for the appointment of the Oak Street principal. Oh, yes, Ms. Silverman. I move that the board reconvene. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> the wrong thing. Go ahead, somebody else. Oh, there it is, oh, that the school board approved the appointment of Kareem Doherty as the principal of Oak Street Elementary School, effective August 15th, 2022. Thank you. May I have a second? Second. Thank you. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say yes. no. Wonderful. Motion carries, and congratulations. <laughs> and we'd love for, to hear from you if you want to address the, the board and the community who's watching. Okay. Um, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be a part of your amazing um, community because that's what you are. Um, one of the reasons I remained at uh, my former school for so long is I am an advocate for community building and, um, and really staying strong through any hardship. And um, I have been watching you for a while. And um, what's appealed most to me about Falls Church City Public Schools is your constant sense of collaboration. Throughout an actual pandemic, I watched you all actually come together and work more closely and more collaboratively 
while others were becoming divisive and falling apart. And that was incredibly impressive. And, um, and then I thought, well, there's an opening. Let me apply and, and let's see if I'm a match for them. Um, and uh, when I got the call <laughs> from um, Dr. Noonan, um, my son was in the car with me. We had just um, had a, an afternoon swim and I just got giddy like a child. Um, I was just so excited, so thrilled that you wanted me um, as much as I wanted you. And ever since then, every single experience I have had here in Church City Public Schools, I've just felt so welcome. And um, I've, I've witnessed how united you all are, how excited you are about everything that happens for kids. And that tells me that kids truly are your main focus and that every conversation you have, every decision you make is keeping the children at the forefront. And the fact that all of you decided that the International Baccalaureate Education was for every child, that speaks of exactly what you care most about. And I can't thank you enough for inviting me to be a part of it. And as I said on Friday, I do hope one day you are as proud to have me here as part of your team as I am to be a part of your team. So thank you. Well, thank you. We're thrilled to have you here. And I, I know in, in no time you'll see what talented teachers and staff we have, committed parents, and enthusiastic lifelong learners we have in our students. So we're really thrilled to have you. And uh, I'm sure this will not be the last time we'll, we'll see you in front of us. But um, again, congratulations and welcome. OK, and we are now uh, at section, um, at item, uh, agenda item 3.01 BSBA, welcome back to school. And um, Peter, do you want to just give a couple sentences of what we're doing here with this? These sure, a couple, a couple quick sentences. Um, each year, the Virginia School Boards Association um, sends us sort of their slogan of the year or some posters that um, indicate a welcome back to the community. And this year, um, they sent us a, a poster to hold up that says, your school board welcomes you back to school, hashtag back to school VA. Um, and so this evening, we're hoping that the school board will stand with uh, the posters uh, and then we will send those to the VSBA and they will post them um, appropriately on their social media and uh, perhaps even at their conferences. So um, just a, an opportunity to get a picture with. Great. We are now at section 4.01. In accordance, and this is public comments and requests, in accordance with school board policy BDDH, the time for each speaker is limited to three minutes. Additional written statements may be submitted to the clerk for dissemination to board members and for the record. Ms. Goodell, do we have any speakers this evening? No, we do not. Okay, thank you. We're now at section 5.01 of the agenda, and uh, we'll be going into our closed meeting. If someone could read us into closed, please. Yes, Dr. Ortiz. Pursuant to the Virginia Freedom of Information Act, I move that the board convene a closed meeting for the following purpose, to discuss or consider the identified subject matter, personnel under section 2.2-3711A1, in particular staff appointments, staff reassignments, staff resignations, staff retirements, staff performance, staff change in position, staff separation, dependent care leave, long-term medical leave, child care leave requests and leave of absence, and advisory committee appointments and reappointments, and student matters under section 2.2-3711A2, in particular non-resident employee tuition students and non-resident tuition students. 
Thank you, Dr. Tees. May I have a second? Second. Thank you, Mr. Reidinger. All those in favor say yes. Yes. Yeah. All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. And Dr. Noon, how long do you think we'll be in close this evening? About 10, 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So we'll be back with everyone in about 10 to 15 minutes. Thank you. I move that we reconvene to open. Thank you. May I have a second? Second. Thank you. All those in favor say yes. Yes. All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. We're now at 6.01. If I could have someone certify the closed meeting, please. Yes, Ms. Silverman. Whereas the Falls Church City School Board has convened a closed meeting on the state pursuant to an affirmative recorded vote and in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act, and whereas Section 2.2-3711B of the Code of Virginia requires a certification by the school board that such closed meeting was conducted in conformity with Virginia law. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Falls Church City School Board hereby certifies that, to the best of each member's knowledge, one, only public business matters lawfully exempted from open meeting requirements by Virginia law were discussed in the closed meeting to which the certification applies, and two, only such public business matters as were identified in the motion convening the closed meeting were heard, discussed, or considered. Thank you, Ms. Silverman. May I have a second? Second. Thank you, Dr. Ortiz. Ms. Goodell, could you please take the roll? Yes. Dr. Dimmick? Yes. Ms. Downs? Yes. Dr. Gould? Yes. Dr. Ortiz? Yes. Mr. Reitinger? Yes. Ms. Silverman? Yes. And Ms. Tice? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we are now at uh, agenda item 8.01, approval of Fairfax County Water Authority deed of easement and quit claim. Ms. I will we need to do consent, the consent agenda. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yes, I would like to ask for unanimous consent to approve the agenda as presented. Thank you. Hearing no objections, the yes. consent agenda is approved. Thank you. Sorry about that. Thank you, Ms. Goodell, for that. I'm a little bit rusty after that time off this in July. Okay, we're at 8.01, approval of Fairfax County Water Authority deed and easement and quick claim, and I will turn it over to Dr. Noonan. Who is going to quickly pass it to our lawyer? <laughs> um, this, is a, this is a quick claim um, and deed of easement for um, Fairfax Water that is abandoned, actually, and, um, and is part of the development um, team. Uh, the development team is asking for this uh, from Hoffman. So I'm going to turn it over to Tricia to give you a little bit more detail. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Dr. Noonan. Um, and thank you to Caroline Crawford from Hoffman Developers who's here if there are questions that come up. But this is a deed of easement that would both quick claim that portion of our land that no longer needs a water authority easement on it and add a water authority easement underneath Mustang Alley so that there's access to water for the new economic development site. Are there any questions about the easement and the plat that are presented before the board? Okay, if I could have a motion to approve this, or to authorize, I'm sorry, to authorize my signature on this document. Yes, uh, oh, Mr. Reidinger? Chair Downs, <coughs> excuse me, I move that the school board authorize the school board chair to sign the Fairfax County Water Authority deed of easement and quit claim as presented subject to changes approved by the superintendent that do not 
materially adversely affect the school board's position. Thank you, Mr. Reinger. May I have a second? Thank you, Ms. Tice. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say no. Thank you. The motion carries. And I think uh, Ms. Minson's going to bring it up. Okay, we're now moving on to section 8.02, uh, school calendar policy discussion. And we are discussing policy CC, which is uh, in its beginning stages. We're looking to try to have a first reading of this uh, next month and a second reading and adoption in uh, October. So uh, we are going to, um, we talked, we've talked about, I think this is our third meeting maybe talking about policy CC. And again, I want to publicly thank Mr. Reidinger, who really has taken the lead on this topic and uh, created policy CC and continues to, to work on this and, and update it as the board offers more feedback. Uh, tonight, I'd like to really focus on uh, section three calendar requirements. I did uh, get in touch with many of you today to get some more idea of what you're thinking um, on some of these aspects. And so we'll just again go through uh, piece by piece. Um, I think with the exception of B, I think that the Thanksgiving break, I, everyone, there was really no discussion on that. Everyone is fine with that. So I'd like to start with item A, the first day of school, as it's written in this policy in front of you, the first day of school will be the Monday before Labor Day. And I do feel that after um, touching base with many on the board today, that there may be um, a shift in this thinking to, to give, provide context. Uh, back in the day when Mr. Reidinger and I had small children, it was we were always starting after Labor Day. And um, one year we made a quick jump to two weeks. Once, once the state changed the law, we made a quick jump to two weeks before Labor Day, which might have been pulling off the Band-Aid a little too fast and too soon for the community. And then we, we then subsequently went to one week before Labor Day, I believe the past two years. Uh, but I do feel that um, some of that, uh, the community may have, um, might be a little bit of a tide turning them in the community. And I definitely feel like the board, um, I think the majority of the board would like to see it two week before Labor Day starts. So I didn't know if anyone would like to jump in and, and give their thoughts on this. I think, Ms. Tice, I remember this was a big issue for you, if you wouldn't mind kicking us off. Sure, I'd be happy to. I mean, I, uh, I've said it before, and I'm uh, happy to say it again. This is probably where I feel the most strongly. I just feel like starting two weeks before Labor Day gives um, every advantage to our students academically, um, which is our, should be our top priority, um, giving them as much time as possible before all of the mandated testing in the spring that we don't have control over when those dates are. Um, and then as an added bonus to that, it also with, with such a large percentage of our secondary students participating in sports um, in the fall that are already back in the beginning of August, um, it seems like a win for that um, percentage of the community as well. So I just don't really see uh, any downside between b for starting early. And I know that the later we go into the spring after all, even at the primary level, um, at the lower at the lower grades, like once that testing is over um, with the SOLs, it's just harder to fill the day, and I feel like it's 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 a lot more work to keep the the quality of instruction and learning high um, at, when you get into middle and and even to the end of June. So. Thank you, Ms. Tice. Anyone else have any feedback they'd like to share on the start date? 
Okay, so uh, I will throw it out there. Uh, would the, I guess I, I'm looking to try to get the the will of the board. Um, do the majority of the board, and, and just for the record, I see pros and cons to both. I, I am the, I definitely understand Mrs. Tice, Ms. Tice's um, per, uh, feedback on having it, having a start earlier for more uh, instruction prior to SOLs and those sort of things. On a selfish note, I do have a student who plays fall sports and has to be back at August 1st, so to end a little bit earlier would, would give us more of a summer break, so that's my, my selfish perspective. But I do, you know, on the academic piece, I think um, this is something I believe Dr. Noonan um, had said that, that teachers do like um, to have, and, and one of the things I think the community has provided us in terms of feedback is um, wanting to have a more, uh, some more time in the beginning of the year. And so I think this would, you know, really give us a little bit of a head start um, before we get to Labor Day for those younger students to really get into the um, routine of things. So I do think that is, that is an extra, extra plus. Uh, and I, that would put us also, uh, again, and we've talked about this many times, not trying to be in alignment, but conveniently it would put us in alignment with, with our, uh, with Fairfax. Yes, Ms. Silverman. I, I uh, definitely see pros and cons to having it starting two weeks before or starting after Labor Day. Um, as I've mentioned in previous open meetings, I, I guess I support, I, I don't have a strong of an opinion. I, again, I see pros and cons to both of those start times. I guess the only start time that I, I don't really support is starting one week before Labor Day because that would just be four days of school and then because of state law requiring us to be closed on that Friday, um, also being closed Monday for Labor Day, then it would be a four-day weekend. So I kind of feel like start either two weeks beforehand and really get into the swing of things and start to get into a rhythm or wait until after Labor Day. But that one week before didn't quite make as much sense to me. I would be supportive. So I would be supportive of either a two-week before Labor Day start or post-Labor Day start, whatever the will of the board. Thank you, Ms. Silverman. And I know Dr. Dimmick had indicated she would like, um, sorry, I'm speaking for you, Dr. Dimmick, but that she would like a two-week uh, start before Labor Day. Um, and I don't know, I, I believe Mr. Reidinger was, um, uh, preferred one week, but I think he, he was willing to go with the will of the board. Uh, and then Vice Chair Gould or uh, Dr. Ortiz, if you have any thoughts on this. Um, I support two weeks uh, before Labor Day for the reasons stated by Ms. Tice and Ms. Silverman. Yes, and I, I do as well. I think, um, it, it, and for another reason in terms of, I think I've, I support it as long as we're respectful of when we get out in June. And I understand that there are a number of other decisions that impact when we get out. But I think I, I know in talking with some of the community, they're supportive of starting earlier and there's it, it, with the understand that we're going to be ending earlier. Um, so however we can balance that, uh, understandably, there's a number of other decisions that impact that. But I would be supportive of starting earlier if we can also get out earlier, if possible. Thank you. Yes, Dr. Dimmick. I would agree with Dr. Gould on that. Um, I, I would be very unhappy if we had a calendar that looked like this upcoming uh, Fairfax year calendar where they start two weeks. They start before us and they get out the same time as us. So I, I would want to, if we're going to start two weeks before Labor Day, I really would like to see us get out earlier in June. Thank you. 
Yes, Ms. Silverman. I just have to chime in on that and say I wholeheartedly agree with that point as well. Thank you. Okay, so it looks like the will of the board on this one is that we'll start two weeks prior to Labor Day. So we will check that one off. Okay, so we're now we're at uh, section C, winter break shall last for two weeks and include both December 25th and January 1st. And um, I believe that uh, everyone was on board with, um, with that. One of the things I had talked to you all about is, um, or suggested, did we want to put in any wiggle room um, if we needed to, um, if Dr. Noonan and his team wanted to maybe have a little flexibility uh, in terms of, you know, if we shave one day off, we could end on a Friday in June instead of a Monday in June, that sort of thing. Uh, and so I think, um, I know that uh, Dr. Reininger, I think rightly said, so said, um, you know, we, don't, we want to make sure we, we have a policy that is followed and we don't have too much wiggle room in the policy. That's, he said it more eloquently than that, but um, that, that was the gist of it. So I didn't know if anyone, um, I believe all of you are on board for a two-week break. Uh, is, there, is there anyone, if I'm incorrect on that, if anyone wants to say? Yes. Ms. Tice. Uh, I was just going to say this is not something I feel as strongly about, so I'm willing to be flexible because I do realize, I mean, we're not going to please everyone with any of these decisions, but this is also a trickier one, I think. Um, I know it's really it's really great for the teachers and staff to have a, those who are on that, that calendar to have a full two-week break to, re, you know, to um, relax and be with their families for the holidays and all of that. I, I understand there's a huge value to that, but um, for families that aren't, uh, that aren't able to have two weeks at home, it can really present a hardship in terms of um, finding care and finding just a quality way to spend those two weeks as a family when you've got two working parents or single working parents. And um, so I'm, I'm sensitive to that. If you're not going away on some fabulous vacation, it can be like a long, a long stretch. And this coming year, I think we have eight full days at home before Christmas and not everybody even celebrates Christmas. So that's just a long stretch. And I think if we had a little more wiggle room, I would be supportive of of the policy just saying it needs to be inclusive of December 25th and January 1st, because those are federal holidays, um, and keeping it secular. And, or we could even say, you know, it has to be at least 10 days. So I think the earliest we would probably ever, ever, sorry, the latest we would probably ever start a holidays on December 23rd. And the earliest we would probably ever go back is January 2nd. So that would be 10 days. So I would be willing, um, if it were up to me, I would prefer, uh, a 10-day minimum, um, and then letting there be a little bit more flexibility. Um, but uh, again, this is, it's a tricky one. Mr. Ranger, what are your thoughts? I think that <clears throat> the real question is, like on the next item, what does the board want the policy to be? And once you figure out what the policy is, then you can figure out what the language ought to be. Um, I had the, you know, from, from our prior discussions, uh, I had the view. I, my, my, my personal preference is not for a two-week break. Um, that does always seem a bit long to me. But I had the impression that the board uh, preferred, because of the strong desire among staff for a two-week break, um, thought it was a, a good thing to include for a number of reasons, and, and certainly a, a good percentage of families and parents like it as well. <clears throat> I think the only challenge I've got is actually uh, providing too much flexibility. You know, the whole purpose of having a policy is to say, 
here is what the rules are. There's some flexibility built in in that if there's a significant issue, the policy as written gives the superintendent the authority to say, here's what the policy says and here's an alternative calendar that I would recommend because I think there's a significant issue. So you do get the here's what the policy is and an opportunity to change it. But, you know, if the, uh, if, if the, if the policy is, you know, 10 days, let's write 10 days. If it's two weeks, let's write two weeks. If it's, you know, figure out what it's going to be, that starts to spill back for me into a, well, what we need is a calendar committee to build this, and we're going to be relitigating re the issue mm -hmm. every time. So um, <clears throat> uh, respecting everybody's view, I'd rather have um, a clearer rule and then an opportunity to depart from it if, you know, if, for example, the existing rule would have us continue class to a Monday or a Monday and Tuesday, you know, in the third week of June, then we could say, well, let's shorten up the winter week break because everybody wants to get out earlier. And the policy as written, I think, gives us the flexibility for that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go along with whatever the board wants. It's just a question, really, of what the board wants. So, in, in thank you, Mr. Ranger. So, w w just to make sure I understand, so you're, um, what you're saying, so if we kept the two-week policy and Dr. Noonan comes um, to us with a, a model, you know, a calendar, a, a mock-up of a calendar, and we realize, oh, if we went nine days, or I'm sorry, 13 days, whatever, we, we shave off a day or two, we can end on a Friday, you know, it, it changes how, where we end, then we can have the, we can do that at that point, is what you're well, saying? Well, there's two things. One, the the decision on the calendar is always the board's decision. So, right. you know, regardless of what the policy says, all it is is creating of a proposed calendar. So the proposed calendar can come to the board and the board could change it. Right. Um, but the one of the final sections of the policy, uh, the draft policy, I should say, um, if I can pull that up, um, uh, section seven um, says um, the the superintendents to provide you know, one calendar per year. But if there's a significant issue, the superintendent can also provide a second calendar. It's not intended to be an every year sort of thing, but you mm -hmm. know, um, we'd like a shorter winter break this time. We'd, would give the superintendent the opportunity to come forward and do that. Um, but you know, there is a question, like I said, do you want a default two-week break that could be shortened in exigent circumstances, or do you want a defer to the superintendent on a year-by-year -year basis in how long um, the policy, how long the break should be, so. Mm -hmm. well, I think I think that gives us some great uh, context and, and help in terms of this, this item. I, it does seem to me that if we, you know, knowing that I think it's been clear, pretty clear among our staff that a two-week break is, is what they would like, I do agree with Ms. Tice, it's harder with children with the little ones, uh, I know that the older students also like that two-week break for downtime. So it, it is, you know, it's, it goes back to a calendar can't please everyone, right? But um, I think, Mr. Ranger, the way that you explained it to us, showing that there is some, you know, flexibility uh, that if we were to keep the two-week break in the policy and, um, you know, when the time comes, if that if we need a little bit of wiggle room or we want to decide that as a board that we want to shave off a day or two so that we have a, a, a more logical end date, um, we can do that at that time. So would everyone be okay to leave the two-week break in the policy, knowing that we will have some flexibility when the time comes to approve if we need it? Sure. Yes. 
Um, uh, I, I like Miss Miss Tice. Don't feel that strongly about this particular issue. I think, but for the from the perspective of putting out a draft policy for notice and comment, um, I think it makes sense given where we have been for the last couple of years to propose two weeks. Thank you, Mr. Archie. Yes, Ms. Silverman. I also support two weeks. Um, I do understand that having that ability to shave a day off um, in order to um, you know, ha have a better ending date or something like that might come up. I would just like it to be that um, you know, cutting into winter break would be like the last resort. This isn't the place to go to find the days. This is the last place to go to find the days. Because um, I do think that um, the community, I, I'm, I mean, I arguably, I think the community, the teaching community, the student community, um, the staff community, I, I think a lot of, um, of the families do want a two-week winter break. So having that ability, I understand having that wiggle room, but again, as a, as a place of last resort, not the first resort. Thank you, Ms. Silverman. Yes, Ms. Tice. I was just going to say, I think if, before we take a final vote, I would just encourage the board, or maybe I can try and put out um, some samples to look at the coming Decembers for the next five or six years. Because it becomes more often than not, it's very awkward to have a solid two-week break. You're going to have to go only like a Monday and a Tuesday before you let off, and then you know everyone's going to start their vacation early if you only, if you have to do a solid two weeks and then you're starting if you if you actually look at the calendars and you look at it logistically on where the two weeks a full two weeks would be it becomes more more years than not it doesn't always make sense it, sometimes a 13 a, you know a 13 day break or a 12 day break it would just round out a lot more easily so i think before you before we vote um i would just encourage you to actually go look at the calendars yes dr noonan um, thank you, Chair Downs. I, I just wanted to remind the board that in two weeks when we have our work session, um, you all tasked us to bring some sample schedules for this coming year. Um, and so that, that will, to your point, Ms. Tice, sort of illuminate sort of what it might look like next year around um, that winter time. Yes, Ms. Silverman. I guess I have a question after listening to Ms. Tice. When we talk about two weeks, are we talking about getting out on Friday and then starting actually two and a half weeks later? Or are we saying two weeks, which means getting out on, like, I guess just counting in my head now, I, I might be misreading this policy. Yeah. So is the, two, the two weeks, are we, that's, that's the work, uh, school days, right? Two weeks of school days? It would be, so we're talking about 10 school days right. off, right. right? Right. But just to, to, to build it around, not being in school on you know December 24th and not coming back on you know I mean when you look at the actual federal holidays we're working around and then knowing even though the 25th is the federal holiday we're not going to be in school on the 24th or probably the 23rd you just start looking at when you would have to be off and it just starts to get awkward like when you would start and end um, some years it just 12 or 13 days would make so much more sense I can I can send out some sample calendars I was looking at of just the month of December to clarify Yes, yes. Uh, I appreciate uh, Ms. Tice's comment there. I, I think I, I did a little bit of this. I, was start, I started to do the math there, and then I got confused pretty quickly. Uh, uh, but I think one thing that it would be helpful as you know, we bring those examples is, and to Mr. Redinger's point, to have very specific language, like what's the policy, you know, 
Um, uh, and I don't, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try to wordsmith that right now. But I think that'd be a goal for the work session to say, okay, if we're going to try to make this make sense, how do you write that down in a way such that it's predictable, so that when people look at the policy, they have a good understanding when that break is going to fall? Because that's one of the goals of this whole exercise is that it gives um, our staff and our families um, some predictability with respect to um, what the calendar is going to be and allows them to plan ahead of time. Thank you, Dr. Ortiz. And again, this is a, a policy that enables Dr. Noonan and his team to create proposed policy, proposed calendars that they bring to us. So in the end, it's still us approving the calendar. So um, to Ms. Tice's point, you know, if, if Dr. Noonan brings us a calendar and he's following policy CC, which says two weeks, and we look at it and we're going to say, well, that looks goofy. I think we should shave off a day or two. That's you know, we're the ones approving it, so we can do that at that point. So, yes, Ms. Just Tice. to follow up, it, to, to Dr. Noonan's point, I mean, this coming, December 20, that's what had gotten me started on this, is December 2023, if we were going to have 10 days off and you go back on the 2nd, then you would be only having the week prior to Christmas would be, you'd be going a day or two, mm -hmm. which just seems really awkward. I mean, you, you're going to be asking, people are going to want subs, families are going to already be on trips. Or then you start, you don't come back until January 4th. That, I, it just it really logistically is tricky. So even if you just look one year ahead or we can wait and see what, um, what, what, what they show us next time, it'll be more obvious. Right. And I, and I think that's what, again, this is just to, you know, the intent of this policy was so that we are not recreating the wheel and to give Dr. Noonan um, some assistance so that he can look to his team and say, this is what we want. And, you know, again, he comes to us and we always have the ability to change. And I think I remember one, I don't even, I'm getting my years confused, but I remember one year we did um, because of, I think we wanted to end before Juneteenth, we might've shaved off a day or two of, of winter break to help end that. So, so you know, we, we have that within our ability. Um, but so for now, let's, let's, we'll keep it as is and we'll put this one on, um, you know, we can talk some more, but uh, again, knowing that this would be the guidance to Dr. Noonan and his team with us having the ability to change it once it comes in front of us. So we'll, we'll uh, put that as a one for further discussion. Okay, so we're at item D now, spring break. Spring break shall be one week long and take place the week um, that best aligns with the end of the third quarter or before Easter. And one of the things that we had a pretty thorough discussion last time on this one, um, and just a brief summary of that was uh, Fairfax, and you know we, we've had this conversation many times about you know we don't want to always um, aligning with area school systems is, is um, sometimes difficult. It, but for our staff, it is important. Um, a great number of our staff don't live in Falls Church City and have their own uh, childcare issues. So, uh, and then recently, uh, I guess Fairfax uh, decoupled spring break from Easter, and that created quite a lot of headaches in this area. And um, they are now um, going to put it back to the way it was. So, so generally, in this area, in this region, uh, Arlington and Fairfax and Falls Church City and Alexander Vall, spring break has always been the week leading up to Easter. And so uh, my understanding from the board is not so much about Easter, but that the the logistics and hel having helping Dr. Noonan support his workforce to be in alignment with all the other school systems is what I think most people really are supportive of. It's not not so much um, that it leads up to Easter. It's more that 
you know, we want to support our staff, and the way that we support our staff is aligning with area systems so that our staff can go on break the same week that their children have um, break. Uh, so it, if anyone um, has any comments on this item, please. Yes, Mr. Reinger. <clears throat> so I think this is a little like the two-week winter break. The real question is, what does the board want to do? I think you can write pot language to fit the policy, um, but the uh, or to fit the yeah to fit the policy decision. But you've got to come to the policy decision. So uh, the last time we talked about this, and you know, hearing um, Dr. Noonan's comments on this, um, my impression was that it was the will of the board, and certainly the opinion of the administration that um, it is that alignment with surrounding jurisdictions, particularly Fairfax County, is extremely important. And it's very disruptive, more disruptive than almost anything else we might do with the calendar if we don't have a spring break that aligns with surrounding jurisdictions because teachers and students and you know, most of our staff, um, I know most of them, many of them live outside this uh, Falls Church City and probably most of them live in Fairfax County. Um, so it's, it's, it's easy enough to say that because we think Fairfax County is going to return to and stay at um, the week before Easter, that the default position in our calendars should be the week before Easter, um, because that gives us a clear choice that will generally align. Um, <clears throat> so that's one, you know, is that or is that not the case? The second question is, and what if some of the surrounding jurisdictions, in particular Fairfax County, change that? And what if they change it before we approve a calendar? And what if they change it after we approve a calendar? And, and how do we react in those sorts of cases? I mean, we could have a policy that just says, um, we're going to, um, the, the policy is two weeks before, um, uh, or the week before Easter. And, you know, should any surrounding jurisdiction change it or should Fairfax County change it, you know, the board will reconsider the policy or consider giving a different directive to the administration. It could say that if, you know, if after we've approved a calendar um, that, um, you know, the, the matter would automatically come before the board. So, you know, at that point we're really sort of more in, you know, what's the right procedure for handling it? Um, the, the draft language that I circulated to people was, intended to reflect the policy that essentially um, we're going to do whatever Fairfax County does if it happens before we approve the calendar. And if, it, if Fairfax County changes the calendar, say, for example, um, we adopt a two-year set of calendars on our meeting in December, and on January 10th, Fairfax County says, well, for at least this year, we're going to move it to the academic break, which is not the week before Easter. Um, that um, you know, we would, we would uh, if it happened before we voted that, before we voted the calendar, um, that it would change to match Fairfax County. If it happened after, it would come to the board for a decision about what to do. But, you know, really, I think any of these options are fine, um, as long as we've got a fairly clear decision about what the path the superintendent should follow in terms of um, picking that week for spring break, and we give guidance to our families um, about so that they can plan a year or two ahead to the extent possible, so that they can uh, arrange for trips, which 
as I think we all know in this new environment, you need to schedule about two years in advance if you're going to be able to um, go anywhere. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ranger. Um, I'm going to read just uh, read this for anyone who's watching um, Mr. Ranger's proposed language. And I know Ms. Silverman and I think Dr. Noonan too might have had um, a tweak to the were were supportive of this, but had a tweak um, to this language. Spring break shall be one week long. The week chosen should align with the breaks of surrounding school districts to the extent possible, in particular that of Fairfax County Public Schools. Accordingly, the default week for spring break will be the week before Easter. If FCPS changes the date of its spring break, the week proposed by the superintendent in the proposed calendar should align with the week chosen by Fairfax County Public Schools. If Fairfax changes the date of its spring break after Falster City adopts its calendar, the school board will consider whether to maintain or change the date of the Falster City spring break. And I think Ms. Silverman, did you, um, I, I believe you and I think Dr. Noonan too had had a tweak on some of this language. Sorry to put you all on the spot. Yes. So if, let me count my sentences here. Um, I think it's the uh, third sentence. Um, if FCPS changes the date of its spring break, the week proposed by the superintendent in the proposed calendar should align with the week chosen by FCPS. Um, Mr. Redinger, I'm, I'm guessing that that means if FCPS changes the date of its spring break before FCCPS adopts its calendar, correct? Okay. So instead of saying should align, I would, I would want, and I know that I can already hear you that it's not a um, hard um, policy if there's too much wiggle room, but I think giving ourselves some wiggle room there rather than saying should align um, might be necessary. Um, while Fairfax did choose to go back to coupling Easter with spring break this year, because um, I think they saw what a disaster it was last year, um, what's to say that it's not that they're not going to choose to do the same thing in the future? And if they um, publish their calendar prior to us, we are then bound to follow um, to follow their schedule on spring break if we passed this policy as is. Is that correct? Uh, mostly, I think, Ms. Silverman, it's, you know, the, the, the decision, no, there's no calendar. The board isn't bound to do anything until the board votes a calendar. Um, it's really a question about what we want to signal the opportunity is uh, or what the, the policy is. So, for example, you know, if, if people don't want to make a decision if and until those changes are made, you, know, you could simply end this entire paragraph after the second sentence and just say, accordingly, you know, Easter, the week before Easter will be the default week of spring break. And then if something changes, it'll be up to the board to decide what to do. And you know, that might be, that, that's clear enough, it's a, it's a set of direction, it just leaves it to the board what to do if there's, uh, you know, if there is a change in the spring breaks of the surrounding jurisdictions, Fairfax County in particular. So I would I would be more comfortable with this uh, with this language and would wholeheartedly uh, support this language if we ended the uh, language accordingly. The default week of spring break will be the week before Easter. Okay, and, I mean I think that seems to be the most clear cut. And then we can. Um, and I know Ms. Tice, did you want to? Because I know that you had sent me some feedback about maybe um, adding some language about the operational piece of this. Uh, yeah, I I, I just. 
to go back to, to trying to, to make our calendar as secular as possible. I know we were all have been struggling with what to do with the religious holidays, but then keeping spring break tied to Easter feels very inconsistent, um, but we don't really have as much control over um, the impact of changing our spring break um, as we do over uh, some of the other some of the other smaller um, holidays, um, smaller in terms of t length of time. Um, so I was going to propose that we that we actually state in our policy what our values are and that we would like a secular calendar and that what you know that we would aim for spring break to be between the third and fourth quarter but recognizing that while operational challenges exist that make that too difficult that we would um, tie tie ourselves to Easter and then once those operational challenges are relieved in you know in theory someday um, we could actually implement what the values are and keeping it secular and keeping it between the third and fourth quarter. I guess my my question with that is, do we, I know we're all under the assumption that, that I think is true that the majority of our staff don't live in Falls Church City and that the majority of those staff that don't live in Falls Church City live in Fairfax County. But I just didn't know if it was really so overwhelmingly Fairfax that that we wanted to name Fairfax in our policy as opposed to just saying operational challenges because let's say Fairfax moves away from Easter, which they have done, and I know they right now it doesn't look like they're going to do it again, but they did do it once, they could do it again, and they move it, then are we just saying if it's not Easter, it's whatever Fairfax is because we really have such a percentage of our out-of-district staff living there, or is it then if Arlington is one week because they're not Easter and Fairfax is another week that's not Easter and Loudoun is another week, does it, would it still make sense to follow Fairfax? I guess is my question. Is it really that large a percentage of our staff that's that, or is it just that our staff isn't in Falls Church City? Does that make sense? Are you asking me? Or anyone, and on, we're, we're asking you. Okay, all right. Um, the, the last um, demographic uh, where, where people live um, document that I saw was that 48% of our staff that don't live in the city of Falls Church live in Fairfax County. Um, with the next being Arlington, and then after that um, being, I, I believe, Prince William County. So, you know, we, we do have people all over the region. Um, do we know roughly, I'm not looking for exact data, uh, do you have a guess on what percent, like 50% of out of Falls Church City staff live in Fairfax, but what percentage of the overall staff would that be? Do you have any guess? Um, no, but I, well, yes, I would, I would say it's on the order of about 200 of our 500 okay. staff okay. live in So that's Fairfax. significant. I just think it's important to know what, what percentage of our staff we're building an entire policy around. I mean, I understand the concerns, but I just want to make sure we're accurate and. Yes, Dr. Ortiz. Um, two things, and this is going to sound somewhat wishy-washy. Um, I'm okay with um, the proposal from Mr. Reininger. I think aligning, you know, this is an area where alignment is particularly important. Um, I, just from the standpoint of just being able to coordinate everything across the region. But I think it probably, you know, Fairfax County is right next door. I would, you know, I, I think since we're looking to adopt this in October, I, I'd like to make a suggestion about kind of a path forward is to put forth some pretty straightforward proposal um, such as, you know, spring break is going to be at the end of the third quarter or maybe even a fixed week, like the first full week of April or something like that or the last full week of March, and then to walk over to Fairfax and say, hey, 
this is what we're thinking. What do you all think, right? Um, because I, you know, I don't. There's no magic to Easter. It's just what they've done, right? It's just tradition more more than anything else. And so, to a certain extent, there's an opportunity for us to lead here in terms of trying to set this up. Because if we just try to align it with Fairfax, you know, you know, that's going to work most of the time. But it's not going to work sometimes, and it's going to end up being a little bit fudgy. Um, you know, I think it makes sense for us to to do a little outreach with our neighbors and see what we can do, you know, and if everybody says, well, no, Easter is what it is just because that's the way it is, okay, fine. But I think if, you know, if, they, if we can come up with a, a more specific kind of statement, I would, I would much prefer that. And I'd be happy to participate in such out, outreach, you know, not just delegating to thank, the chair. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Mr. Ortiz. I, I mean, I think that is one, of, and this might have been Mr. Reidinger's ideas once this policy is approved and, and Dr. Nunez, I don't even know, is either either or both of you um, idea to send it on over to the to our friends and say, hey, we've adopted a calendar policy and, you know, and, and showing the leadership. I think, I, I will say with the spring break, I think that we've seen, we did see what happened when someone, when a school system didn't follow sort of how, how the tradition of, of sticking with that, that week and it was a disaster. So, um, I, I think for not to, in my opinion is, is you know, maybe we um, stick with looking at Mr. Reidinger's language. Um, we, I don't know, what, what do you think, Mr. Reidinger? Do you think it's it's important to keep Fairfax named in that? Um, I, I would like to, oh, and Dr. Dimmick, I see her hand up in my peripheral vision here. But I do, um, I, I do think maybe we end it for now after Accordingly, the default week for spring break will be the week before Easter. And we know, again, as a board, we know we it's our calendar, so we have the ability to always change Easter um, if, I mean, I'm sorry, spring break if necessary for whatever reason. Um, so we always have that have that ability. Um, so let me go to Mr. Reininger and then Dr. Dimmick. And, okay, Dr. Dimmick, go ahead, please. Thank you. Um, I guess I... I don't want our policy linked to what Fairfax does. Um, I, we're a small independent school district. If we decided to just cede our control to following Fairfax's calendar, we, you know, we could choose to do that. Um, I guess I, I appreciate uh, what Ms. Tice said that I think if we frame it in the language of operations that allows us the freedom to change it if our neighboring districts do, making it challenging for us operationally to keep the spring break in a certain place. So I, I would be in favor of not naming an, a neighboring school district, but rather um, connecting it with operations. And I guess I would like to add that it's, it really is a, a regional issue, not just Northern Virginia, but the state of Maryland has in the state of Maryland, public schools are unable to have um, to hold school on Good Friday and the Monday following Good Friday for the entire state. So I think this really is a, a, a regional thing. I don't know how far it spreads in the rest of Virginia, um, but it you know it may change in future. And so keeping operation operationalized, focusing on operations, it would would be my preference. Thank you, Dr. Dimmick. Any, yes, uh, Mr. Reidinger. So I'll just say, you know, lest it go unnoticed, you know, I prefer, would, I would also personally prefer a 
secular spring break that did not align with Easter, um, because I think it ought to be a secular calendar, much as um, uh, Ms. Tice and Dr. Ortiz have indicated. I think we're I think there's a strong, at least, plurality on the board that feel that way, um, perhaps a majority. Um, the, however, you know, <clears throat> I think it's also clear that the school administration is at least of the view, given that roughly 200 of our teachers live in Fairfax County, that if we go that, you know, our own way, it's going to be a problem. Um, I, you know, I could, I could, I think I could, I could live with that. But if the sense of the board is that we should for now, you know, stick with the week before, before Easter. Um, but be in, as you know, I suggested for and Dr. Uh, Ortiz suggested now, be in a leadership position to try and urge a different course. You know, then you can just, it, it's really just a matter of coming up with the language that says that, given all the concerns people, you know, people don't want to predetermine, well, you know, I'd suggested that we would follow Fairfax County. Um, Ms. Tice's proposal was that, you know, if, if there's a movement away, it would automatically, it would revert to the policy we talked about before, which is one that aligns with the end of the third quarter. I'd suggest that we sort of state the principle in whatever language makes sense that, you know, our preference would be for a calendar that aligns with the academic requirements, but given school operational concerns, whatever language you could use, Dr. Ms. Tice's or my language, it doesn't really matter, you know, um, we will reconsider that, you know, we will now go with the week before Easter, but we will reconsider that policy, um, you know, if, if and when surrounding school districts um, are willing to consider an, an alternate. I mean, the rest of it, the, the only operative language is really it's the week before Easter. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of it is all signaling to our surrounding school districts that we'd like to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. and, and whatever language we want to use to signal, I think, is fine. Thank you, Mr. Ranger. Dr. Noon, did you have something you wanted to say? I, I was only going to say, and, and after hearing uh, Mr. Reidinger, I, I don't know that I necessarily have anything substantive to add to the policy itself. Um, but I would say from a, from a um, uh, I don't know if optics perspective or, or whatever, the, whatever the right terminology is, um, I understand that it's signaling. I, I would not want to put you as a board in a position where you're potentially looking like you're favoring one employee group over another mm -hmm. um, by singling out this employee group that lives in Fairfax versus this employee group that lives in Arlington versus this employee group that looks somewhere else. So I, I really like the sort of general language of, you know, for now, it's the week before. Personally, I, I, you know, I'd love to see a secular calendar. I think operationally it would be really challenging as a superintendent. Um, so I, I like the language that you all are sort of um, playing with right now. Um, the last thing I would say is um, this is a really great opportunity uh, for you to do some great advocacy work at VSBA, which is coming up in November. You guys will be in your regional meetings, um, and if there were some way to get some um, resonance with your regional colleagues, uh, that would be a great place to get that started. Um, I think the superintendents uh, in the region have, are, are working with their respective boards on this, um, and we're trying to figure out how to crack that nut as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, we all um, work at the will of the board, and the board owns the calendar. So mm -hmm. if the board can um, find some resonance with other boards in the region, that would be, that'd be really great. 
Well, hopefully by then we will have an approved policy. So I'll bring it, I'll just bring it down, go to the FedEx, copy it, and just hand it out to everyone at that regional meeting. Uh, Mr. Reininger, would you be willing to take another stab at the, at the language for the spring break? Sure, I'll write something up and, and talk to Ms. Tice about it to make sure that it catches everything and we'll share it. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. Thank you everyone for your feedback. Okay, now we're gonna go to item E. Uh, and this is um, on the holidays. And um, just a couple things. Uh, right now, you'll see it, it's very comprehensive. Uh, the policy in front of you has um, many holidays listed, uh, federal and religious holidays. And um, so there's a couple different ways that uh, we can look at these holidays, and one is, is having all of these holidays that are listed in front of us. One is um, this coming year, what we, what we did with the calendar this coming year is we kept um, the religious holidays, uh, but we um, are in school on Indigenous Peoples Day and Veterans Day. So those are federal holidays, but we're actually in school this year on those days. And that was uh, really as a result of community feedback from the prior year that felt like the religious holidays and those federal holidays, way too many holidays in the beginning of the year. So we were trying to, I think, compromise and have, keep the religious holidays, but be in school on those, those two federal holidays. And then the third is, as um, I know the board has been talking about tonight, you know, the desire to try to move towards a secular, a desire among some, um, or maybe most, I'm not sure, but to move towards a, a secular calendar, uh, again, spring break being the tough piece because we also are trying to align with area schools that all have that spring break attached to Easter. So that, that's the tough part of that. But, um, you know, do we really um, keep only the federal holidays? Now, I will, I will say one of the things that um, when we went through this discussion before um, that I heard from uh, families that celebrate um, the Jewish high holidays and Diwali, um, and Eid, uh, that even though there's a policy that teachers um, are, not, are, are not supposed to be assigning tests and there shouldn't be big events scheduled such as picture days or sporting events, um, that does happen. And so uh, one of the things that as I was thinking about this today, uh, that if the board wanted to move, the majority of the board wanted to move towards a more secular calendar, actually writing into uh, this policy that um, to, to really give it some teeth that um, we would be, that no tests, well, I'll, I'll read the language that Mr. Reininger said, and, and you'll hear in just a second, let me read this. So there shall be no, this is, this is if the majority of the board wanted to move toward, towards a more secular calendar. Um, there shall be, and this is, if, if you have it up on your screens, this is, he, are, he added this to the um, document where he had his spring break language, if you wanted to follow along, uh, school board members. There shall be no school held on the following holidays, Labor Day, Indigenous Peoples Day, Election Day, inappropriate years, um, veteran, it was a, he was some there. But then in the last line, in addition, no tests, significant assignments, school events, including picture days or sporting events, if within the control of Falls Church City Public Schools, shall be scheduled on the following days, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Diwali, and Eid El-Fitr. So the idea there is that if, you know, and, and 
for people who are listening, this is, um, I think, our third uh, very in-depth conversation, and, and people are welcome to go back and, and watch our conversations. I know we've discussed this piece around and around because, um, and I myself, uh, um, I see, I, I really have heard from all aspects of the community, this is a real tough one for me. I know it's a tough one for everyone on this board. Um, but what, so this this would be one way that if, if we did want to move back to really giving federal holidays off, um, really having it be, um, giving some teeth to, to really having it in policy and that um, we can show our family members who celebrate the Jewish High Holidays and Diwali and Eid al-Fitr that, look, it's in our policy and you should, these things should not be happening on, on, your, on your holidays. And if you are, you need to let the school board know um, because this is against school board policy. Yes, Dr. Dimick. Thank you, Chair. Um, I guess one concern I have, and I am supportive of a secular calendar, I guess I would like to look at it again through the lens of operations. One, one challenge I do have with the language um, that, that, um, that we're currently talking about is that, is that it puts the school board in the position of determining which holidays receive this treatment. Um, and, you know, going back to the establishment clause, we, we don't want to be in a position of deciding which holidays are more important than other holidays. So I, I appreciate that this is, this would give it teeth and this would protect, um, you know, would allow students and families who observe these holidays to not have to worry about missing something in school. But it does make me wonder, well, why these holidays, which then puts us in the challenging position that Fairfax had last year, which was identifying every possible holiday. Um, and I guess to me, it, if, if we're going to put in language there, then it, it should, yeah, I don't know. The language makes me a little uncomfortable because we are favoring some religions over others. And that is not a, a position that I'm comfortable with as a, as a board member. Um, I, I, yes, I would rather us look at this somehow operationally. I don't know what other way we could do it, but it's, it's the same reason I have an issue with us sort of having holiday, some, hol some religious holidays and not other religious holidays. I think it should just be um, secular or based on what would be an operational challenge for our school system. If it's an operational challenge to hold school on that day. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dimick. I, I will say that the reason that these um, these uh, holidays um, are noted and were in the calendar is because that, according to Dr. Noonan, that was when we saw an uptick in absences on these holidays. So that that was why those um, were were, I guess, noted. So, any any thoughts on on the holidays? Uh, yes, Ms. Silverman. Um. So I've, I've, I've stated my position on this many times. I like the movement away from um, being closed on the four religious holidays that, um, that we are going to be closed for this upcoming school year and that we were closed um, in this past school year. 
Um, I just think for equity purposes and for families who may not be able to afford uh, child care for families with special education kids who need services for many reasons, I think that our schools need to be open on a continuous basis. Um, I, I do think that, you know, um, yes, we're open 180 days of school and those days can be found in June or in August, but it, it's it's that breakup that um, that um, I've got like COVID brain right now that um, like lack of, of continuity I think in the you know for the school week is I think you know the hardest struggle for many working families. A um, couple things to note on this um, proposed language: one, election days every year in Virginia, so I don't think we have to say as appropriate. Um, two, I think we're talking about general election. We're not talking about primary election days. We might just want to clarify that um, so that we're not um, being staying um, closed on you know random days in, in the spring as well for primary elections. Um, and I think that no school being held on the following holidays. I think we can just say federal holidays, um, and that I think encompasses the whole swath of holidays, and that also signals to the community. Um, you know, on those federal issues, we're not picking and choosing where we're going to be open. We're st we're closed on federal holidays. We're open on non-federal holidays. I think that's a, just a clear distinction. Um, and fourth, I, I think I was following um, Dr. Dimick, and please correct me if I was not following you correctly. Are you talking about the four religious holidays listed at the end that where there should be no tests or significant assignments, and why are we choosing those four versus other holidays? Okay, you're nodding, so I'm gonna take that as a yes. Um, I agree with you. I, I don't know, I don't know the right approach. Um, I agree with you why these four versus Chinese New Year versus many other holidays that our community celebrates. Um, so I don't know where to go on that. One, another thing that we do have to be uh, pay attention to, and actually something that Dr. Dimmick um, taught me about was on Eid, um, and, and I think that we all learned this this past year because that's a holiday that follows the lunar year, and we might not have that exact date until pretty close to... Um, pretty close to, to the actual holiday. I know that, for example, um, I, I, th I think this is what happened. One of my children's school field trips had to get rescheduled because of that change of, of, of dates on the calendar. So there was a field trip scheduled and then it had to get changed. So that floating holiday, it might cause a problem with keeping these um, parameters on, the, on what types of events we can have on those days. Thank you, Ms. Silverman. Dr. Ortiz. Um, my preference for this language would be, would be that um, that it state that school is closed on federal holidays and that we leave it at that. I think there's two reasons why, um, why I think that that's the, the, the appropriate approach to go. Um, one is that by stating in a policy is that, that certain academic or extracurricular activities can or cannot occur, that gets into the scheduling and work of Dr. Noonan and his team. And I just don't think that that's something that we as a board should be dictating anyway. The second goes to, to Dr. Dimmick's point with respect to um, um, singling out um, certain religious holidays um, 
not to say over others, but just singling them out. Um, I, I don't think that that's an appropriate thing for the board to do. So I, I just think it should be really quite clear. Um, you know, at the same time, from the standpoint of making sure that we're serving our students, you know, it's not hard to, you know, tell teachers, you know, hey, guess what, Rosh Hashanah's coming up, you know, um, make sure to, you know, notify parents, uh, you know, to let you know if something's going to be happening. And, you know, teachers can work around that. I, you know, they're used, I mean, they're, people get sick all the time and miss exams. You know, that's what happens. Um, and, and we have ways to manage that. So I don't see this as that big a hurdle um, in terms of these kind of events. Thank you, Dr. Ortiz. Yes, Mr. Reitinger. So let's just disaggregate the two issues for a second. Um, one is what should be the default set of holidays. And I, you know, <clears throat> both from this discussion and from, you know, the discussions with other people in the board, I think the, you know, much as many of us are uncomfortable with it, the, the general feeling, perhaps the near unanimous feeling about the board is that you know, we should basically adhere to federal holidays. Um, I would suggest that we may not, not want to say just federal holidays, though, because Elections Day is not a federal holiday. Um, and that predisposes or that, that presumes the answer to the question that Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day, um, should be a holiday because that is a federal holiday. So um, I just say, you know, let's be clear about what we want. And if it is federal holidays, that means we're going to have school on Elections Day. So I think we can't really easily do that with using our school as polling places. So we might want to consider federal holidays and Elections Day if that's the case. Um, and again, recognizing that we've got Indigenous Peoples Day, um, Columbus Day in that mix. And, you know, there's no clear, strong answer there. I've, I've heard from both people who say, well, you know, it's only a federal holiday. Private sector companies don't take it. You know, and I've also heard from uh, people who are federal employees who love that there's school on that day because then the parents get to go off and do something. So you know, there's just no clear best answer to that. Um, on the <clears throat> should there be a provision in the policy that says, you know, uh, don't schedule on these holidays, you know, I can't say I'm, I'm in favor or against that. <clears throat> I think it is operationally related. Um, for the reason that, you know, those are the four holidays we've got right now. And so certainly it's actually a step back to say um, we're going to have school on those days, but we're going to limit the sorts of activities. But it is a very reasonable position to say, no, let's leave that to the discretion of the teachers and the school system. And so if that's not the will of the board, I'm perfectly comfortable in just saying that Section E should simply say, here are our holidays where, you know, where school is not open, and then just leave the rest of it to experience and um, Dr. Noonan and the teachers to work through, and we can address in the future if we need to. Thank you, Mr. Anger. Yes, Ms. Tice. Um, I had two questions, I think, for uh, Dr. Noonan. For Election Day, is it operationally necessary to be closed on years that aren't a presidential election? Um. I, I would need to talk with the elections board or, or um, Dave Bjorke here um, in the Office of Elections just to check. I know that they are trying to um, do more polling at our schools, um, even in the non-national elections. Um, and there's uh, and we've actually put them off for another year because of the high school and and the construction uh, at Hoffman uh, that Hoffman's doing. So right now the answer to the question is no. Um, it's not necessary that we're off on state elections or local elections 
um, it, it's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful, and and from a safety security perspective, it's probably a good idea right. because we have a lot of people coming and going that we just don't know, um, but we're able to organize effectively. And I, th and I think we also use that for our parent-teacher conferences, right? right. It, it always aligns with the end of that first quarter. Right. So. Right. right. It makes sense. I'm not opposed to it. I was just curious if it, if it actually was needed. If it is, I think it's actually easier because then it can just be the policy could just be federal holidays and election day, mm -hmm. period. Um, and we don't even need to name the federal holidays. If we just say federal holidays, we can let the federal government decide what the federal <laughs> holidays are. And we've just collectively all signed up to be, <coughs> but, you know, beholden to them. Um, and don't forget Inauguration Day. Mm -hmm. The region right, but often that, yes. takes but inauguration. But that is considered a federal holiday. Is it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, we just added Juneteenth. I know it had been a long time since we added one, but we did add one. So if we just say, or if they ever, you know, if the movement went away to Columbus Day, since it's the, the federal holiday is actually just Columbus Day. It's not Indigenous Peoples Day. So um, who knows what will happen with that holiday over time. So we could let other people um, worry about that. Uh, my other question was, could you just remind us, Dr. Noonan, on what the policy is for staff who want to take religious holidays off? Um, currently, our staff earn um, 10 days of leave each year, and that leave is undesignated. It can be personal leave, it can be sick leave, it can be religious leave. It's up to uh, anyone who wants to take um, leave. One of the things we've been in discussion with, uh, uh, with within our own um, offices is if the decision of the board is to um, only observe federal holidays, we will likely um, make uh, a provision within our human resources leave to offer one or two additional days of leave that would be designated specifically for religious leave that also wouldn't carry over from year to year. You'd, you'd get those two, two days and that would be uh, that would be it. Yeah, I would be hugely supportive of that. I think that is a great idea because I also think what gets lost in here is it's one thing to think about students maybe missing a test. Um, it's another thing to think about like it's still a tremendous burden for a staff member or a teacher who needs to write sub plans, miss a day with their students. Um, I know it was it really meant a lot to to um, teachers who were able to have some of their their religious holidays off this last year and really be able to just enjoy their holiday. So I am very sensitive to the fact that even though I'm 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 in favor of moving to just federal holidays, I know that that um, that is still going to bring a hardship. I know, as you know, there's <laughs> there's no way around missing a day with your students is just hard, um, and so I'd love to at least find ways to um, soften that blow and be as supportive as possible as we can with this new policy. Yes, Miss Silverman. Um, I just one kind of minor point. I you know. It sounds like we would be including election, general election day as, as a day that's closed, but just um, something to keep in mind is, as a like pro-democracy thing. Um, I think it's just really good public policy to be closed on election day, just um, and using that as a teacher work day, um, just for the sake of you know that their hours might not be quite as long. Be you know having the ability to vote. I know that's changed a little bit in recent years because we've gotten early voting, but just uh, you know, allowing people maybe a little bit more flexibility in their schedule to volunteer on campaigns if they want to do some work on election day. So somebody who works in the field of um, campaigns um, wants, you know, I would be highly um, um, supportive of protecting election day as, as a teacher work day, not as a, as a holiday, but as a teacher work day. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Dimick, did you have your hand up? 
Thank you, Chair. Um, I guess I don't feel really strongly about this, but um, I, I do, it, it's great to have continuity in school. Ms. Silverman was talking about this earlier. And one thing that I, it, it's definitely cleaner policy to say we will take the federal holidays, but I'm thinking, I guess, specifically about Veterans Day, which we didn't used to take because November, when we take the two, um, the two sort of teacher conference, teacher work days around the election, and we have the Thanksgiving break there, and then adding in Veterans Day makes for many broken up weeks in, um, in November. And I'm wondering if we wanted to build in any flexibility for having school on Veterans Day, if that is better educationally for our student population. Any thoughts on that? Yes, Dr. Teeson. Yeah, this goes to, I think, Mr. Redinger's point about stating the days explicitly in the calendar. You know, we talk about, dis you know, th that disruption. That's a good point, Dr. Dimmick. I, just, I concur. Okay. I'll just yes. say I'd be in favor. I know, I understand the disruption to November, but I still just believe in the idea of federal holidays and um, Veterans Day. It seems just as important to me as any others. And also, I don't want to then start debating you know, right. I, I will say over the years, I do re recall that we would receive feedback from the community of why we're picking and choosing federal holidays and why Columbus Day and not Veterans Day. So I, I do definitely remember getting that feedback. Yes. I also support just a blanket federal holiday um, versus picking and choosing which ones we think are more important to take off than others. Yes, Mr. Ranger. So I, I'm happy to go with the will of the board. My, my preference would be to list the specific holidays and not include either Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day, or Veterans Day, so that they could be, they could be holidays if it aligns, you know, as, or teacher work days, because we list them as holidays that can't be teacher work days, including Columbus Day, um, and, and leave it to the administration to say whether they, mm -hmm. it's appropriate to schedule um, teacher work days on those days, because that will remain a uh, subject for the, the school system to pick the teacher work days um, in discretion. But I, I, yeah, I, I also believe there's, there's value in, in signaling that of the importance of our veterans, and it is, but I think if we're, you know, if we're going to focus um, on uh, an academically driven calendar, then we ought to focus on what's right for um, education and it may or may not be appropriate um, given the other breaks that Veterans Day be a holiday. So I would tend to to list the holidays that we want including General Elections Day um, at specifically um, and then if there are changes in the future change the policy. But I'm, I'm happy to go with the will of the board. It's not a, you know, I'm not going to throw a ball on my sword over this one. Okay. Oh, yes, Ms. Hayes. Sorry, one more tiny thing. The, um, I don't know if when we get down to the, to the details of it, if we need to specify that it says no school shall be held on the federal holidays or these following holidays. But if election day is in there and it's a teacher work day, does that need to be worded differently than saying there will, shall be no, does shall be no school mean schools are closed and teachers have the day off? And does, so would election day need a separate sentence? I just want to make sure when we get to that, but we're clear. And simple, sorry, it's simple enough to, you know, to, to have language that allows the, uh, 
that choice to be made. You could say, you know, these are the holidays or it's federal holidays. Elections Day shall be either a holiday or a teacher work day as operations require and within the discretion of the administration. Uh, so I think we've made, we've made some progress on this for sure. Uh, I would say, Dr. Noonan, one thing that, getting back to the religious holidays, I think that, uh, you know, if the will of the board is to move towards a secular calendar, I think, you know, I, I still do, you know, in, in my head are those conversations with, with families and, and emails from families of celebrating these holidays uh, who feel that there are still tests on, on you know, even though that that is sort of, I guess, the direction to the, to the teachers is there should be no tests and there should be no big events and stuff, and it, and it always happens. I guess I didn't know if there's a way that, um, and, I, and I'm not trying to get into your operational lane, lane, but just trying to understand how that is communicated to teachers. And, and things that such as um, also, I remember one, so one community member said to me, our holiday actually starts sunset the night before, you know, and so that kind of thing, like, there was a, I forget, it was a volleyball match or something, and, you know, it's actually Rosh Hashanah or Sunset, or I can't, you know, I think that was the example that, that this person was giving me, but um, I guess, I, and again, not trying to get into your operational lane, but but are is that all really spelled out clearly for staff, and do they, do we list, do we send out something at the beginning of the year, that's, here, here are some holidays that students might be taking off, you know, remember that these start the night before, and just a reminder that we don't want to schedule X, you know, if you could maybe shed sure. a little light on that. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things, um, and, and one, you know, you know me, I'll just start with a, a quick story. Um, I was the, as you know, the chief academic officer in Fairfax County, and I remember um, getting a phone call in an af one afternoon from a very upset school board member um, because the student, um, the, the student council, the Fairfax County Student Council took the vote on who the new school board student representative was going to be on one of the Jewish High Holy Days and, and said to me, you know, this absolutely can't happen. We ended up going back and, and sort of walking that back and having another. Um, but from that day forward, you know, one of, one of the things I was really cognizant of was where, where these holidays were, uh, what kind of activities and actions were happening. Um, so, so just as, as to set the stage, that's sort of where I come from, from an approach perspective. We are, as, as I, the board knows and as many of our community know, in the process of, of implementing our new strategic plan. And one of the major five focus areas within that strategic plan is um, wellness, equity, and belonging. And, and I think that there's a huge moment here for us to one, um, double down on the idea of, you know, what do great teachers do? Great teachers build relationships with their kids. They know who they are. They know about them. They're able to understand and be empathetic in what their needs are um, and the like. And within that content strand of wellness, equity, and belonging, we certainly can have a conversation about, you know, there are multiple holidays that our kids, we're a very pluralistic community here. Um, and we do have a lot of different holidays um, that our, our staff and our students observe. Um, and I think it's an easy conversation to continue to have with our staff to say, we need to be really thoughtful about this. And there are um, some holidays, and, I, and I'm not gonna be in a position where I'm gonna call one out over the other, but I am gonna say that there are four holidays that um, are disproportionately bigger 
than some of the others that impact more kids, and we absolutely need to be thoughtful about that, and they are X, Y, and Z. So um, I, it's a long way of saying, um, do we spell it out? We, we have spelled it out, um, but we can do even more, I think, um, going forward if you all decide that you want to adopt a calendar that takes those religious holidays out. Um, we certainly want to be a partner with the board and a partner with our community and a partner with our families, and we will we'll do what we need to do to communicate that, um, again, it's about wellness, equity, and belonging and understanding and respecting um, each positionality of every student. Thank you, Dr. Noon. Yes, Ms. Silverman. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I, I'm fine leaving the, um, the holidays out of the policy, but as someone who's Jewish, someone who doesn't work on the high holidays, and my kids won't go to school, don't go to school on high holidays, where services instead, um, having that recognition that, um, that there needs to be education within the classroom just to, just to ensure that um, you know, none of the major um, um, activities are, aren't held on those high on any of the holidays that, that where there's a significant attendance drop. Um, I think just means a lot to me. I think it would mean a lot to the communities that celebrate those holidays. I know it's still pinpointing for holidays versus other holidays, and I and I, Dr. Dimick and others, I I do see that that problem with that, um, but I also don't see how we move forward without at least signaling to the classrooms that these are the holidays where there's the attendance drops. Um, I think that's going to, I mean, that's important to me. I think that's important to a lot of the community. So thank you, Dr. Noonan, for um, trying the best, your best to navigate that situation just to make sure that um, classrooms are respectful of those days. And, and thank you. Thank you for saying that. And on the flip side, I want to make sure that our parents know that on the days where there are these holidays that our staff are not likely to be here. And on those days, continuity of instruction could be problematic. Um, not problematic, it just won't, it won't be the same experience that they would have if that teacher were in. So these days are, um, are complex, right, and have multiple impacts, not just for kids, but for staff and for families and everyone else. And, um, we really want to work within within whatever calendar policy you all decide to make sure that we do everything possible to mitigate um, any any circumstance that comes up. Thank you. Uh, so, just to wrap up this portion of the agenda, uh, I think so. If I'm correct, and, and I'm just going to sort of summarize where I feel like this the board is on this item, I believe that um, in terms of moving towards a secular calendar, we have Ms. Silverman, Dr. Ortiz, Ms. Tice, and Dr. Dimmick. I know that Mr. Reitinger and I have both said that we are on the fence, but we'll go with the will of the board. I don't know, uh, Vice Chair Gould, if you had um, wanted to give us your quick thoughts on where you are with this subject. No, I don't have anything else to add that hasn't been said, so I'm, I'm okay. aligned with the Okay. So um, it does seem that the, the will of the board is, the will of the majority of the board is to uh, move towards a secular calendar. So that's a, um, you know, that's definitely uh, 
we are moving forward with, with coming to some agreement. And so we'll work on, again, um, as we said with the spring break, we'll work on some language. And um, Mr. Reinger, Mr. Reinger, I look to you again to help help lead that effort. And uh, so we will work on work on that. And, you know, we may need to, um, we'll have to have another conversation about, you know, whether it is just federal holidays stop or if it's um, listing these are the holidays and, and leaving out Veterans Day and Indigenous Peoples Day. So um, that will be a conversation for another day, but I think we've made some progress on, on this item. Okay, and then um, we're going to just do one more one more item for this um, agenda, I, one more piece of this calendar discussion, and that's the early release days. Madam uh, Chair, before yes, you do I'm that, sorry. may I yes. just make sure that we're totally clear, because mm -hmm. we want to be able to provide you with the best information possible oh, yes, at the upcoming work session. We'll go ahead then and draft a sample, a sample draft calendar um, based on the discussion tonight and sort of where it looks like the will of the, of the team is. And we'll give you that example to look at at the board meeting. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Anger. The, the question I think is, because I think the secular calendar seems to be the will of the board and, you know, either federal holidays, state holidays, and election day, or the same thing without uh, Columbus Day and Veterans Day is the, is, are sort of the two options. The, the question I think is, do, do we want Dr. Noonan and the administration to model both those, or um, It's easy enough for to do for us to do that, so we'd be happy to if you want. Yeah, that'd be great if you wouldn't mind. Sorry All right, so we'll model it with the federal holidays and keeping Columbus Day and Veterans Day, Indigenous Peoples Day and Veterans Day, as maybe a maybe a teacher work day, maybe a student day, whatever sort of fits, and then we'll model it with those being off as well. Right. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Noon, and thank you, Ms. Michael. Sorry to give you more work. That's okay. We've been working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so uh, the last point of early release days, I had um, floated this by um, the board uh, today about whether we wanted to include some language there about um, on weeks where there is a holiday or a um, teacher work day that there will shall be no early release date of that week. And I um, believe that the majority of you thought that was a good idea. So, because um, I don't think we have that in um, a positive, but I, be I believe that that is, um, you know, and I think Dr. Dimmick said it well one time, you know, if you have a holiday or teacher work day and then an early release date, students are only going to school three and a half days that week, which is really um, not, not good. So. Yes, Dr. Ortiz. Do we need to have, and I mean, the calendar refers to the days that we have school. I mean, can we um, leave the early release days off of the policy um, and then deal with that separately? Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, one, one of the things I think, um, I know I'd you know look to Ms. Reiner if you have any thoughts on it. I mean, one of the the pieces of this is um, that I know there was some at during peak actually there was um, some of the teachers at peak talked about wanting to have those full those regular release Wednesdays, having them back to early release Wednesdays, 
And I explained to the teachers that I didn't, you know, that, that the feedback we're getting from the community is that that is very valuable to have a regular release Wednesday on, on, a, on a week that has, um, has a holiday or a teacher work day. So I thought it would be good to have that in, in policy so that that wasn't something that, because it's been, you know, that's been something that's been kind of floating out there for a couple of years and to have it in a policy I thought would be, would just clarify that. But I don't know any thoughts, uh, Mr. Reininger, about having early release Wednesdays in this policy or not. I think one could go either way on it. I, you know, like Dr. Ortiz, I struggled whether it should be included. And I, when I when I wrote up the draft policy, I, I made an effort to not change any existing policies we have on early release Wednesdays, just to to acknowledge acknowledge that they would be included on the calendar. And so maybe it makes sense to say something about it. But I think we could we could say nothing about early release Wednesdays, um, or you know we and I think if we, we can say we can the chair's preference or not in terms of whether or not you know to to include them on days that are or weeks that have a, a holiday in them. Um, I I I don't think in the calendar policy we want to get into the the overall fight of whether to continue the practice of early release Wednesdays. But whether or not, um, I, I think that is a fight we will have at some point. Um, but it might be better to do that separately. Um, the uh, but the, in terms of, you know, whether to include the chair's suggestion or not, I, I don't have a strong opinion, and I certainly wouldn't have an objection if the board simply wanted to strike the entire paragraph on early release and not say anything, because I think without saying anything, the practice is going to remain what it is right now. Yes, Ms. Silverman. Um, given that early release days is still part of the proposal, um, I did want to just I did want to bring up the topic of the necessity for them anymore. Um, Dr. Noonan, can you explain um, the dramatic um, and incredible uh, shift in scheduling that the uh, teachers at the elementary schools were given um, in terms of planning for this upcoming year? Uh, sure. Um, in a nutshell. Yes. Yes. In <laughs> yeah, a nutshell. Yeah. In a nutshell, I can I can tell you that um, our elementary te classroom teachers, um, content classroom teachers, not necessarily our encore teachers, but certainly our grade level teachers, um, have had uh, through some really good work of their calendar committees at their school sites and other teachers an opportunity to look at the master schedule to begin consolidating time. Um, so, and what I mean by that is taking times that they normally would have had off uh, where kids have gone to recess, kids might have gone to an encore class, kids might have gone off to do something else, um, but have been able to consolidate that time together in large blocks of time. So now um, our grade level elementary teachers have almost 90 minutes of time each day for planning. Um, that is, uh, it's pretty extraordinary, um, and it, it is a, a real win for um, Tim Kasich and before he left, um, Paul Swanson, to be able to pull that off um, with their teams, but um, it's really a special, a special opportunity for, for those teachers to have that planning time. <coughs> We're still having some technical difficulty for those of you that are watching. Um, we're trying to get our two board members that are on Zoom coming back in. We made it all the way through the pandemic without too much technical difficulty. And 
now it's like we're back to real life. <laughs> All right, I think I think we can resume. All right. So so they they've been able to consolidate time uh, for our teachers to have some plan good solid planning time at the elementary school by grade level. Right. So I think Ms. Silverman, I know you've been on the record several times about not you know being in that you are in support of um, getting rid of early release Wednesdays, and I know with the additional planning time, I think uh, even more so. Um, but it's a much larger conversation, and um, you know there are there are parents who support it. Obviously, there are teachers who support it. Uh, so I think this I think that this would be something that um, in the fall maybe we can look at doing a much bigger conversation, and you know we would need community feedback. We'd obviously need uh, Dr. Noonan's. Um, feedback it's it's you know as much as it also affects uh, our students it's also very you know it's an operational issue as well so this is it's a it's a very big 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 conversation so um, and one we won't get into tonight but definitely I, I understand yes yes I'm yeah I'm happy to um, you know not have early release Wednesdays listed here at all in this on the calendar proposal but just as long as there was some sort of guarantee that um, it would be an agenda item at some um, time in the in the fall. Yeah, we can we can definitely uh, Vice Chair Gould and I will talk with Dr. Noon and we'll figure out the best next steps for. Yeah, I, I think if the will of the board is to have a conversation about that, we we could. Um, in terms of the other issue regarding um, codifying in policy. Uh, whether or not half-day Wednesday should happen on days where there are holidays. Um, I will say from my perspective, it would be very helpful if you said that, if that's what you want. Yeah, um, I thought so. Yeah, and I felt that that was just from my conversation with the members of PEAK. I, did, I, I think it would be good to have that piece in writing. So, um, so we'll... we'll We'll keep that in there, especially if it helps operationally. So, okay. So I think that um, that does it for tonight for this um, discussion. It was thank you everyone for your feedback, uh, and again, Mr. Ranger, thank you for taking the lead on this. Uh, I think these have been great discussions, and uh, as we have something that um, is hopefully ready for a. Um, first reading, we will definitely, once we're back in school, uh, Dr. Noon and I have talked about the importance of getting this out to the community so that people understand, um, you know, because we've been discussing this during the summer, but uh, obviously people are not tuning in their, their way on the summer. So we want to make sure to bring everyone up the community up to speed on what we're thinking about. And uh, I'm, I anticipate we will get a lot of feedback uh, from the community on some of these uh, changes. So. Uh, so we will, I'll work with Dr. Noonan and, and Mr. Brett on that, how to get, you know, as we, as we have this more ready for, for a public viewing, we'll, we'll get it out there, um, you know, as, as we have it ready for a first reading. So uh, we will stay tuned to that. And uh, I will be in touch, too, with you all, as, and I know Ms. Ranger is going to work on some language. So we'll, we'll continue to update this as based on the discussion this evening. So thank you again for that. Okay, we're now moving on to 8.03, waiver of first reading and approval and adoption of second reading of policies. And I'll, can I give it directly to Ms. Minson? Thank you, Ms. Minson. Good evening. We have a number of policies for waiver of first reading this evening. All of them are updates to the existing policies 
recognizing the hour and the number of policies we have, I'd be happy to answer any individual questions about these policies, but otherwise I would present them in mass. There are um, five policies for waiver, first reading, and a second reading and adoption. Are there any questions to any of these policies? Um, I just wanted to put out there for the public, this is, I'm sorry, Ms. Minson, it's not a question, but um, just to put out there for the public on uh, BDDG, um, those are minutes of the school board meetings. Uh, those can always be found um, on the website and as well as um, the policy CH talks about regulations. Those can also be found on our website. So I just wanted to point that out to the public, but I don't have any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Then those are the policies for waiver first reading this evening. Okay. Just a second. Okay, if I could have a motion then for 8.03. Yes, Mr. Reitinger. Thank you, Chair. I move that the school board waive first reading and approve and adopt second reading of policies IEC, Bill of Rights of the Constitution of the United States, IE, Moment of Silence, BBFA, Conflict of Interest and Disclosure of Economic Interests, BDDG Minutes, and CH Policy Implementation as presented. Thank you, Mr. Anger. May I have a second? Second. Thank you, Dr. Ortiz. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. We're now at 8.04, and I'll turn it back over to you, Ms. Minson. Thank you. We have three policies for second reading this evening. Um, the first two, there were no changes from first reading. The final one, policy BDDC, there was one change to the second sentence as proposed by Dr. Ortiz. I'd welcome questions about any of these policies. Any questions? Okay, seeing none, if I could have a motion, please. Yes, Dr. Ortiz? Oh, we're at 8.04. I clicked on the wrong one, sorry. That's um, that the school board approve second reading and adoption of policies JJAF, student athlete sudden cardiac arrest, JFCB, sportsmanship ethics and integrity, and policy BDDC, agenda preparation and dissemination as presented. Thank you. May I have a second? Thank you, Ms. Tice. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say no. Motion carries. Thank you. We're now at 8.05, first reading of policies, and back over to Ms. Minson. Thank you. Um, the first six policies that are presented for first reading this evening are ones that were reviewed at the June work session regarding safety and security. So those are ones I know the board has been um, reviewing and considering for a while. I know since June I haven't gotten any questions on those. So I'd welcome any questions on those six policies. The one additional policy for first reading is technically a policy, an exhibit, and a form. Um, and that would be KBA, Request for Public Records. That would replace our current policy 5.5, Request for Information. Um, I am the FOIA officer for FCCPS, and I do think that moving to the updated policy makes sense and better aligns with um, the expectations um, and changes in the Virginia statute, but um, won't necessarily change our practices as it relates to FOIA. But I would welcome any questions about any of the policies that are on for first reading this evening. Any questions? Yes, Dr. Ortiz. Um, one thing I noticed when reviewing the policies was that the um, 
safety drills and fire drills, there's supposed to be um, two of those in the first 20 days. Um, and it's been a while since I, sp I spent time in school. Does that, th th that actually happens? 100% of the time. <laughs> just, just, <it's> a <laughs> yes, we have a fire drill almost every day the first week, and, and we have them uh, on okay. a very routine basis. All right, yes. very good. Thanks. Okay. It, it tends to be a good way to spend a, a sunny fall day outside. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have a motion, please, for 8.05. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Ms. Silverman. Sorry, it's delayed on that. I was trying to find which policy it was that I was. I had a question on on KBAE rights and responsibilities. Yes. Um, not to infer, Ms. Minson, that you might ever leave our school district, but is it appropriate to list your name, or should we just list, um, um, you know, FOIA officer instead of your name? That's a good question and a good point. I do know that there is a corresponding regulation that does list the name of the FOIA officer because regulations can be changed by the superintendent any time. So since E is an exhibit and is one that the board would adopt, I do think it makes sense to just say FOIA officer there at line 69. And I believe that's the only place that that shows up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Silverman. Okay, if I could have a motion for 8.05, first reading of policies. Yes, Ms. Tice. Move that the school board approve first reading of policies EB, school crisis, emergency management, and medical emergency response plan, EBCB, safety drills, EBB, threat assessment teams, CLA, reporting acts of violence and substance abuse, KNAJ, relations with law enforcement authorities, IGAE, health education, physical education, KBA, requests for public records and corresponding exhibit, KBAE, rights and responsibilities, and KBAF, requests for public records as presented. Thank you, Ms. Tice. May I have a second? Thank you, Ms. Silverman. All those in favor say yes. 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 All those opposed say no. Thank you. Motion carries. And we're now moving on to 9.01 future agenda items. And I know we just uh, Ms. Silverman just proposed one talking about early release Wednesdays. Are there any other um, ideas out there for future agenda items? Are they, can they hear us? Yeah, they can hear us. Okay. I'm looking to see if they raise their <laughs> hand. <laughs> oh, I've been monitoring. No hands are raised. Okay. <laughs> no hands are raised. Okay. And uh, uh, Vice Chair Gould and I are going to talk with um, Dr. Noonan um, in the next week or so. We do have a list of um, these agenda items. I know Dr. Noonan has his list. So we're just, and you know, obviously we always want to be mindful of the staff's time and not overwhelm. Um, so trying to prioritize those and look at the timeliness of certain items and that sort of thing. So uh, the three of us will put our heads together. And once we have something um, that uh, works for Dr. Noonan and his team, uh, we will be in touch with you so you can see sort of what's on the, on the plate for the, for the fall or on, on deck for the fall. Okay, we're going to move on to 10.01 superintendent's report, and I'll turn it over to Dr. Noonan. Thank you. Um, I just want to say right off the bat that I can't wait for school to start. <laughs> I, I said this to a group of leaders yesterday at our annual retreat. I, I think I'm the only superintendent in the United States who is ready for school to start the last day of school. Um, because I just feel like this is a year 
where we're emerging from um, sort of the dark days of, of education. Um, and, I've, and I've thought about my, and I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but I, I, since it is a superintendent's matter, it's a matter for me, um, I've thought about the last five years that I've been here in the City of Falls Church, and the first two and a half years um, were extraordinary. We were um, proactive and prospective and really doing some great work. And then the second two and a half years became reactive and problem solving and trying to find our way out of sort of this darkness that was COVID. And I really feel like for the first time in the last two and a half years, we're going to start the year in a position that feels much more like the first two and a half years that, that I was here as superintendent. And I just, I just can't wait. I can't get enough of the excitement and in the, the enthusiasm to get going. So, um, so a couple of things just on superintendents matters. First, I'll just start with we had a really great leadership retreat yesterday. Um, we brought in um, all of the formal and informal, many of the informal leaders across the system. We invited 50 people um, to the high school. We had a full day of professional development and professional learning, talking about things from um, our, our new strategic plan to self-care to, um, to fun and how important it is that this year we, we kind of reestablished that this is supposed to be fun and, and we should be rediscovering the joy of, of working with the kids that we serve each day. And so um, I, we found some of that yesterday, and I think that we'll just continue to parlay that moving forward and, and very excited about it. Um, tomorrow is the last uh, virtual presentation on the Parent Summer Learning Program that we put together for the summer. Some of you may have been able to see, but we did have um, six educational topics that we addressed over the summer. Um, virtually. I did one personally with Mary Beth Connolly on the strategic plan. There were others on a variety of different topics, um, but tomorrow is the final one, and so far we've had over 250 people log into our YouTube account to see these videos, and we're really excited to have been able to put that summer learning together for our parents. Um, we Summer school ended um, about a week ago, week and a half ago, and um, it ended just beautifully. Um, I want to thank our summer school administrators that were out there, uh, particularly Laura Schomer and Jed Jackson, who um, really led the charge um, at their respective sites, um, really did a great job for us. And um, in the end, uh, we got to really support some kids that needed that extra time um, and attention for learning. Um, and they got a really nice tailored experience while they were with us. Uh, we also did quite a bit of extension of learning, too, and some enrichment as well, and that was good. Um, for, from a hiring perspective, you know, this is the time of year where we as superintendents get really nervous around the Commonwealth and around the country, really. Uh, and the first question we always ask is, are you staffed? Are you staffed? Uh, because it is August 9th and we start work in a couple of weeks. Um, and I just want to say that the good news um, in our Human Resources Department is that this year, um, we did hire um, 65 new employees total across the system, including uh, 35 new teachers or other professional staff that include some other folks that um, have come in that maybe aren't teacher certified. And at this moment in time, we have fewer than five vacancies. Um, some of you may have been seeing the VSBA clips um, uh, from the last several days from other jurisdictions across the Commonwealth that have upwards of 800. One division has still 166. So we feel really um, like we're fortunate um, to have the school system we have, uh, to have the reputation that we have, to have the, the leadership in our buildings that we have, 
uh, to the extent that we now have um, five or fewer positions open and are, are just about fully staffed. Um, uh, FCCPS Revitalized is our theme this year. Um, and so you'll be able to, or you will see that logo quite a bit around. Um, but it's been in a busy and exciting year um, thinking about getting revitalized. Um, our new professionals um, start work on Monday. Uh, and the CIA team has a, an incredibly robust orientation for them. Um, and, they'll, and then everybody will be on site August 22nd. And we kick off with convocation, and I hope all of you can come to our convocation on August 23rd at the high school, which will be followed by two days of division-wide professional development and learning for our staff um, to be prepared for when our kids hit the door for the first time um, the following week. So by the end of the week, students will be uh, visiting and meeting with their teachers. The teachers will get to know who they are uh, before school starts. And then, of course, the first day of school is August 29th, a mere 21 days away, um, which is super exciting. Um, we are landing on a final logo for our um, strategic plan. Um, we currently have uh, several symbols that represent pieces in our strategic plan that are solid. Um, the first is the IB medallion that I think everybody's familiar with that looks a lot like this. Um, will represent um, IB-infused teaching and learning. We have a lotus flower with a heart in the middle of it, which um, really gets to our wellness, equity, and inclusion work. Um, we have a hand with a phone. Um, it, it is a cell phone, um, but it it's really about communication and engagement, and the importance of the phone is it's not one way. It's two-way communication and how we support the notion of two-way communication. Um, we have three people um, that are representative in our graphic of uh, investing in our people. And then we have a school bus, um, a school, and a dollar sign. <laughs> and those um, com combination of those um, represent resource management and continuous improvement. So look for that logo because it'll be an icon that will be on much of our um, collateral and swag that we have this year. Uh, that will go out to teachers and others that really represent the, the rebranding of our, of our system around the new strategic plan. And we're really excited. We got, just had a really fantastic conversation with all of our leaders yesterday about how they connect to the work, how they look forward to supporting the work, um, but especially um, part of our conversation yesterday, again, was sort of that notion of wellness and how do we take care of ourselves and how important self-care is. Uh, for us so that we can give to the students that we serve each day um, and that notion of fun. So uh, looking forward to a great year um, and really excited to get going. So thanks. Thank you, Dr. Noon. Any questions for Dr. Noon? Okay, great. We are now at, uh, and we're all excited too. I'm excited to get my FCCPS revitalized t-shirt. That's all I can say. Uh, we are uh, at 11.01 .01 now, board and student liaison comments. Um, I, our student liaison is not on, on the screen. He probably doesn't have many updates for us anyway, given this summer. Okay, can, did, can Michael, can he hear me? Does he, does he have any updates for us? Probably not, because it's the summer, but. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't have any updates. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, and, um, and Michael, feel free to, um, you know, if you have any thoughts, we had a long, lengthy um, conversation about the calendar this evening, so feel free to send us an email if you have any thoughts on anything we discussed tonight, because we'd love to hear your feedback. 
And um, I know that we, most people probably did not meet, uh, have, have not met because it is the summer. Most advisory committees don't meet during the summer. Uh, Ms. Silverman, I'll start with you. Do you have any updates? I do not. Thank you. Uh -huh. Dr. Ortiz? Uh, the only update that I wanted to, to mention was that um, the board took action earlier this evening to appoint Casey DeSantis to the ESOL Advisory Committee, and I wanted to welcome her to the Advisory Committee and, and look forward to working with the committee through the fall. Thank you, Dr. Ortiz. I'll uh, just update from the Education Foundation. They've got the Run for the Schools coming up on Sunday, uh, September 18th. And this is, you know, the annual uh, 5K, and they also have a one, um, I guess it's a 1K uh, fun run. And um, it's a huge fundraiser for our, for the Education Foundation. And most people, hopefully everyone knows the Education Foundation um, raises money for super grants for teachers and also to support students in need, um, to support our ESOL uh, families. So the, you did, the money raised from this goes to a very worthy cause. And so it's definitely not too late to, you can even, I think, register on the spot. So mark that on your calendars. And I believe usually the school board, I think over the years, haven't we, Peter, we've, we've gone and tried to get a, not that everyone's gonna be running, but that we show up at the starting line and get a picture with the mascots. And um, some will run, some won't run, but um, I will be right. cheering for those of you who run. To <laughs> but mark it down September 18th. And um, the other uh, event they have two weeks later is the Little City Scramble. And this is an event that um, just was created last year. It's a collaboration between the Education Foundation and the Athletic Boosters. And it's um, held at a golf course out, and I can't remember the name of it. It's West, Westfield Golf okay. Course in uh, Clifton. Thank you, thank you. Your old stomping grounds. Uh, so we, um, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I went last year and um, you, know, you can sign up. You can also sign up just to go to the auction. You can go to just the dinner afterwards. They also have a fun sip, I forget they have a cute name for it, but it's basically have a cocktail and, and learn how to play golf sort of thing. So there's lots of different options of ways you can get involved. Um, that's September 28th, and again, that is a fundraiser that benefits both the Education Foundation and the Athletic Boosters. So, uh, and the Athletic Boosters, um, a lot of what money, what they use their money for are to, um, for equipment costs that might not be, um, you know, covered in an athletic budget, but also for students who are not able to f afford athletic fees that they, they cover those fees. So, two great fun events coming up that are, are good causes. And uh, Ms. Ranger, do you have any? Ms. Tice, do you have anything? Okay. Anyone, Dr. Dimmick or Vice Chair Gould on the? Yes. Um, the, I attended the library board meeting in July, and um, they are embarking on a strategic plan, sort of like what we did. Um, and so starting this fall, they will be um, uh, reaching out for community input in different forums, sort of similar to what we did with our strategic plan. So look for that to um, to share your thoughts on the library's strategic plan. Thank you, Dr. Demick. Vice Chair Gould, does he have anything? Okay. No, I Okay, thank you. Okay, we are now moving on to Section 12, Approval of Minutes. Um, I'd like to ask for unanimous consent, consent to approve the minutes of September 14th, 2021, September 28th, 2021, October 12th, 2021, and July 12th, 2022, as presented. And Ms. Goodell had sent this to the board previously. All right, hearing no objections, the minutes are approved. 
All right, we're now at section 13. Um, these are materials for your review, FCCPS enrollment. And does anyone else have anything before we adjourn this evening? Okay, thank you. I want to thank the staff who's in the room for spending your evening with us. We really appreciate your time. And uh, thank you to those who are watching and have a good evening. We're adjourned.